Thank you for being here this morning. Good to welcome you here. Got a couple of announcements to make before uh, before we uh, continue on. First of all, Terrence, Pastor Terrence from uh, uh, Lakewood, California, will be here this week with a group up to about fifteen. Was the last number I heard uh, to help us on the on the portable classrooms that we're going to be that we've already begun and we'll, we'll continue working on. Uh, so please pray for their travels uh, safety. They'll, they're planning to arrive here Wednesday night about 9 o'clock. And they'll be working on the project from Thursday through Saturday. I'd invite you, if you uh, would like to, to come out and join us on any of those days, uh, we would uh, love to have you. We'll be doing painting and sheetrocking and uh, insulating and framing and all kinds of all kinds of things. Also, Kathy has a, a number of projects. If you're not uh, in the construction mode, she has a lot of projects of sorting uh, and organizing out in the out in the warehouse. Also, next week we will not have a an 11:15 service. We will have one service that will be at 9 a.m. Please take note of that. There will be one service because. Uh, because uh, one church is going to be a, a part of that service, and we need to get them on their way back to L.A. as soon as possible. And so that'll be an opportunity to hear from Terrence and Rose and Ben and others uh, on the team. Last, uh, last fall, when it was time to go Labor Day camping, I asked Chris if he would be available to preach. I also asked Troy, as it worked out, uh, Chris was uh, not available, but Troy filled in, did a very nice job. But Chris was, had begun preparing, and so uh, he's, he has a message that he and Dan in Japan have been working on, and he's going to share that with us, with us this morning. So don't necessarily listen to everything he has to say, but kind of sort through it and uh, keep the nuggets. Thank you. Um, the children are dismissed. The junior and senior high will stay in. Here's your water again. You did this last service. I got you, though. I got you, yeah. <laughs> Put me to sleep. I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, I want to thank Kathy and the praise team for a wonderful worship session and the hard work that they put into doing that. I want to appreciate or um, say thank you to the kitchen crew this morning, although some of y'all probably missed breakfast. It was pretty good, and, and thank you to, for, for them on that. Um, I'd like to start off by telling y'all that uh, I'm, very, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to share in God's word with y'all this morning. Over the last couple years, I've been watching and observing our church body as a whole, uh, the body of believers more specifically. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm less than satisfied with what I've seen. What I've come to notice, is an, notice and observe is an infatuation, an obsession, if you will, a compulsive, compulsive deep desire rooted in the hearts of many of our believers in our church. Unfortunately, this obsession has ran rampant throughout our church body, kind of like a wildfire that consumes the beautiful vegetation of the forests of Idaho. 
This infatuation and obsession is at the core of our earthly desire. Sadly, like many others in our church, Pastor Phil and myself have fallen victim to this obsession. Of course, um, this obsession is pickleball, right? <laughs> I see Everett waving his hand over there. That was all just a joke, okay? Pickleball, pickleball. How many of you, you'll have to Google it. How many of you here have fallen victim to this pickleball stuff? How many of us has Ryan suckered into trying it out, and now we all fight the urge to play like we're addicts, right? I mean, seriously, who all here thinks about it weekly or daily like me? Yeah? Right? Like, when I'm done playing, I'm already thinking about when I get to play next. It's kind of caught me like a cold, you know? How many of here are like me? Don't be ashamed. It's okay. It's okay. A lot of us like to play the game of pickleball. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So unfortunately, the rest of y'all are missing out. You know, Ryan is he's so serious about the game of pickleball that, that not only has he gone to, to camps in Boise, but the dude invites his sister-in-law, Jill, and Nelson down from the Seattle area to put on our very own mini camps right here in New Plymouth. He's in deep. Okay. You go out to his house and play, and, and he's all over you. Everett, stop creeping. Everett, get up to the kitchen. Stop getting popcorn, Everett. If you all ever played pickleball, you know what I'm talking about. I know Ryan has, has badgered some of you that have played out there about the shirt, third shot drop. Okay? If he hasn't, just go talk to him. He'll, he'll explain what that is and probably suck you into playing a game, too. You can't go to Ryan's place without him diligently trying to help you improve, okay? I mean, seriously, this guy, he wants to make you better, okay? The key thing, though, is, is he always, and I mean he always, will encourage you through the process. Why in the world are we talking about pickleball on Sunday morning? It's probably because I want to go play. Troy, you want to go play? Let's do this. No, uh, seriously, though, as I, as I begin to prepare this, it, it kind of struck me as a great illustration of how we can make every effort to build our faith. In the Passion Paraphrase Bible, Luke is seen quoting Jesus in chapter 12 of verse 34. And he says, Jesus says, where you deposit your treasure, that is where you fix your thoughts. Let me say it again. Where you deposit your treasure, that's going to be where you fix your thoughts. And your heart will long to be there also. In other words, you're going to know a lot about a person by what they spend their money on. Meaning what you value the most is what you're going to put your resources towards. Okay? Like Dave Ramsey when he teaches about budgeting, what you value the most goes at the very top. As you start going down that list, they become of lesser and lesser value, okay? We see this in our everyday lives as we live out our life. As we look around, we can, for the most part, observe and know at least a little bit about our peers by their actions, right? From the clothes they wear to the vehicle they drive or even the activities that they spend their time towards. Just like the case in our pickleball example, those of us who have been bitten by the pickleball bug 
we find value in improving at the game of pickleball. So no matter what we choose to do in our life, our choices confirm our belief. Meaning, whatever you apply your time and resources to is what you will get better at. It's simple. And since we have all committed our time to be here at church this morning, let's see what we can get better at. Okay? If I can get you all to open your Bibles to um, 2 Peter chapter 1. Again, that's 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go over just a handful of verses there. As you guys are flipping your Bible open, I'm going to continue here. So, from my understanding, um, 2 Peter is addressed to the church at large. And this passage has to do with confirming our calling and election. Or what I like to say, making every effort to build my faith. As we read through this passage, I'm going to use multiple version translations as it pertains to the text. But it's really just for theatric effects, so hang in there, okay? So if you've all made it to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, in these first, I'm going to read through the, um, I'm going to start us off in the English Standard Version. This is going to be more word-for-word -word translation from the original text. Okay? In these first few verses, Peter lays the foundation of our faith. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith, of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Joe, you with me still, buddy? Wary, what have you built your foundation on? Jesus Christ, right? Good. Christy, what have you built your foundation on? Jesus Christ, right? Good, good. Uh, what about the Engel crew? What have you guys built your foundation on? Faith in Christ, amen, right? Campbell crew, what have you guys built your, your foundation on? Relationship with Jesus Christ, amen. As, as, as y'all can see, most of us will openly claim that we are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And because of our faith... We all share an equal standing, meaning our opportunity to practice our faith is all the same. The same Jesus Christ that died for me died for you and died for you guys and died for you and died for you over there. He's the same Jesus Christ. Okay. He's the same Jesus Christ that we have chosen to build our foundation on. We all have the same opportunity to build off that same foundation that we all share in give you a quick little illustration example. So you got a sandbox on the playground. We've decided to have a desire to play in that sandbox. Okay, so because of our desire to play in the sandbox, God has given us a spot within that sandbox and a calling within that sandbox, an opportunity, if you will. Not that we will all act or behave equally or even have the same bents, but just the chance, just a chance to share within the greatness of that sandbox. Now, as, as for our tools or bents in the sandbox, it's a little different as we see Peter address in the next couple verses. So I'm going to switch over to NIV. That's more thought for thought versus uh, word for word, verse 3 and 4. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Amen. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Because God, because of God's glory and goodness, because God is so awesome, he has given us the platform in which we can exercise our faith. This is not talking about our foundation of faith we received earlier, but instead how we go about displaying our faith in action, right? Meaning, because we are saved, accepted, and redeemed, we all have begun fellowship with Jesus Christ in God's kingdom, okay? Receiving all the tools necessary for success, in other words, we have be, each begin or been given a way to show our faith in action through our individual bents, right? You, are you hanging in there with me? Now, with this platform or tools that God has given us, they are most fruitful when we engage in a deep, intimate, personal relationship with God. Because only through God's divine power or his divine power may we receive this gift and as a result... We're blessed to share in his divine nature, you know, walking with God, knowing what God wants us to do, right? Which by doing so, this allows us to escape death, allowing us the ability to be fruitful within God's kingdom. It's pretty special, right? Kind of like the pickleball court that we play on. Because we showed interest in playing, we have been gifted with the same playing field, but with a variety of individual skills. And even though our skills and abilities may differ from one another and how we display those skills and our individual style of play differ, we all share in the same opportunity to play on the court and fellowship in friendly competition. Peter's gonna shift a little bit here. And what he's gonna do is, is he's gonna get a little bit more serious, okay? Peter begins to list these, these tools that are available to us to grow in our faith. But in doing so, he uses the phrase, for this very reason. Okay, so anytime an author in the Bible uses the phrase, for this very reason, okay, it means something very important is about to follow. So you, you better kind of listen up, right? So continuing in the NIV version, 5 through 7. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection we've got love. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Make every effort to add to your faith. Make every effort not some effort not some of the time not only when I feel like it but instead make every effort what does that even look like to make every effort let's take a look at some real-world examples here um, I asked a couple folks to share a little bit of what they think that what that what that looks like so I got Jeff in the back there he's got a mic so everybody should be able to hear him. So Jeff, 
humor me here for a second, so just 30 seconds. What would it mean for a high school basketball player that wants to be a state champion, what would it mean for him to make every effort to be a state champion basketball player? It would be a big sacrifice okay. in time, energy. You have to put some things aside, maybe friendships or fun things you like to do. Right. We have a great example here. We had one of the best three-point shooters ever in the last couple of years, Caden Leslie. He went every day to school, stole the key from his mom, went into the elementary gym with nobody knowing, and he would shoot for hours. Nice. And I think he ended up about third on our all-time leading shooting list. Awesome. So that's a real-world example of being dedicated, taking time that he could be doing other things right. to use his individual skills to help the team. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, making every effort. we got another one here. We've got uh, Holly. We need to get her a mic real quick. If you wouldn't mind taking that over to her, Jeff. So Holly, she is in our parenting class, and uh, we've been diligently figuring out how to be parents. And if y'all figure that out, you let me know, okay? But Holly, for you, what would it mean to make every effort as a parent? No, oh, there we go. There we Sorry. Go. Um, so for me, making every effort is to intentionally make sure that I'm always there for my children, whether okay. it's emotional, physical, mentally, um, that they could bring any problem to me. It's admitting right. my failures so they felt comfortable coming to me with theirs right. and making sure that my actions and reactions towards their needs were a reflection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Very good. Very good. And the last one we got. Mr. Todd Dickard, way in the back. Run that over to him, coach. So for Todd, him and I have been in cohorts for oh, a couple years now, I guess. Todd, same kind of principle and idea. What does it mean to make every effort to be a good spouse, to be a good husband? What would that look like to make every effort? She's... Talking the mic. But to uh, for the other husbands that might have to make the effort. Are we working? Whoa. <laughs> okay, but for the other husbands that uh, may have to make an effort and aren't as lucky as I am, then uh, they. I, I think it looks like pickleball, right? Like like diving for the ball, like doing whatever you can to, to make that relationship work, to make your spouse happy, to, uh, uh, to not give up, to not lose, to, to uh, well, to make them happy. I mean, that's it. That's right. Make every effort that you can. Uh, good, good. Thank you. As we can see, he's, a, he's very proficient at this. Uh, no, so, so seriously though, as you can see, these concepts work pretty much in any part of or aspect of our life, okay? So it takes sacrifice, dedication, hard work, prayer, diligence, perseverance, right? These are all traits that you have to have to make every effort in whatever aspect you do in your life. I stumbled across a, a quote, actually the quote stumbled across me, it's by Chuck Swindoll. I don't really listen or read much of him, I think he's amazing and does really good work, I just don't... Uh, 
care for his delivery, so that's on me. But he has a really, really good principle uh, quote here that goes into family life. He says, effective family life does not just happen. It's the result of deliberate intention, determination, and practice. Food for thought for y'all. Back to verse 5, though. Peter, with authority and conviction, is calling us to make every effort to grow in our faith. Notice how Peter tells us to add to our faith, or in some Bible translations, it's going to say supplement to our faith. Okay, To supplement is to add to completion, to add to complete it, right? It's not to replace or do away with. These tools, okay, they're not a list of works or things that we do to get a pat on the back. Okay, Don't look at them like that. These are tools that we as believers use to complete our faith, to complete it, our faith in Jesus Christ. They're building blocks allowing us to experience the full measure of our ability in Christ Jesus. Like in pickleball, most of us, if not all of us, have increased in our ability to play by adding to our skill set. In consideration of our faith, let's take a look at these building blocks. Unfortunately, we don't have near enough time to go through all of these. There's a lot of meat and potatoes here. And um, Lord knows that if I did it, we'd be here all day. So bear with me. We're just going to skim the top. We're going to kind of rapid fire through all of these. But what I did do is... Um, I, I took the opportunity and liberties to, on the back of your little handouts, you have these seven traits or attributes listed there with some verses that I had found in the Bible that are examples that highlight these traits in action, okay? So if you would, do us all a favor later today, um, go back and, and read through those, kind of highlight those, and just kind of get yourself familiar with those if you would. But for right now, again, like I said, we're just going to rapid fire through all these, so please hang on. Our first building block is going to be goodness, which is virtue or moral excellence. That is the state or quality of being good. Virtue, conforming one's life and conduct to moral and ethical principles. It's being a good person, right? Pretty simple, basic. Next building block is going to be knowledge. Knowledge is to acquaint with facts, truths, or principles. Acquaintance with familiarity Acquaintance or familiarity gained by sight, experience, or report. Put those together. We've got to familiarize ourselves with facts, truths, and principles through or gained by sight, experience, or report. In relation to growing our faith, we need to know the facts about God, right? Our third building block is going to be self-control. I'm, I'm stellar at this one, but don't ask my family. Self-control, the ability to exercise restraint or control over one's feelings, emotions, or reactions. Hear me. The ability to exercise restraint. So the ability to actively hold back, right? It's an action. You're actively doing something to hold these emotions, thoughts, and feelings, or reactions back, okay? Controlling them. Self-control. After self-control, we begin linking all of these things together through perseverance. Some Bibles will read steadfast or endurance, okay? This, honest, honestly, for me, is probably the one, one of the most difficult pieces that I struggle with. Perseverance. The steady persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, especially, especially, 
especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. I'll say it again. Steady persistence, continuing in a course of action or a purpose, especially when things get tough and difficult. Continuing to live that life for Christ. Godliness, the quality or practice of conforming to the laws and wishes of God. Devoutness and moral uprightness. Simply said, being in line with God, knowing what God wants. What does God want me to do in this situation? How should I respond to this situation? Okay, godliness, being in line, in tune with what God wants. Our next building block is going to be mutual affection, and in some Bibles, it's going to say brotherly affection. Two pieces, mutual and affection. Mutual, having the same relation each toward the other. Again, same relation each toward the other, mutual. Affection would be fond attachment, devotion, or love. Putting it together, the same fond attachment toward the other. Okay, It's, it's being the same in committed love or cherished value. Okay? It's an important relationship. It means a lot to you. Finally, we end with agape love. So like I said, in the, in the Greek original text, I believe it's agape here with love. Agape love is a love of God or Christ for humankind. The love of Christians for other persons corresponding to the love of God for humankind. The way God loves us, agape love. While I do believe these are decent descriptions of agape love, Chip Ingram, however, he defines it a little bit different, and I, I really just love the way he illustrates this here. So for him, agape love, he says, is giving somebody what they need the most when they deserve it the least at great personal cost. I'm going to say that again. Giving somebody what they need the most when they need you, but they do not deserve it. And it's going to cost you a lot. Maybe you don't feel like it, right? Giving them that. That's what God did for us, right? God gave us and showed us his love at great personal cost when we did not deserve it at all. Who here has got that one mastered? Not me. Certainly not me. I'm far on that one. As flawed humans, how are we to ever love like that? I'm fully convinced that we are unable to express agape love without the supernatural indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. You see, the, the problem with agape love is, is it's God's love. It's God's love for us. God is love, right? We love because he first loved us. Agape love is unconditional, other-centered, and sacrificial. It isn't necessarily a two-way street, meaning God's love for us is not contingent on whether we reciprocate that love back to him. Okay? He loves us regardless. Same in our relationships to each other. We need not expect agape love in return when living in agape love to one another. I'll say it again. We need not to expect agape love in return when we're living out agape love to others. Right? 
as we continue to move through this, Peter continues in verse 8, NIV. For if you possess these qualities, these attributes that Peter's talking about, in increasing measure, not idle, not decreasing, but if we possess these in an increasing fashion, continuing to grow, even though little by little, it will they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So looking at pickleball, we all have ability and a specific skill set. And if we train accordingly by growing our skill set in increasing measure, it will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive, allowing us to display the best version of ourselves on the court. Just like Peter is encouraging us to grow our Christian skill set or our faith in Christ, allowing us to be the best versions of ourselves within the kingdom of God. However, Peter does warn us of some complacency here. And as you look at verse 9 NIV, he says, But whoever does not have them, these attributes, doesn't work towards these, is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Ouch. Right? Just like we can actively grow in our faith, we can also choose to stay idle. Like in pickleball, if we continue to have the same style of play, we begin to become less effective, complacent in our gratitude, and potentially lose our love for the game. In the same way, we as Christians, we, we can burn out, right? Our participation in the kingdom of God is no different. By continuing to not challenge ourselves or actively choosing to grow, whether that's by choice or circumstance, we lose our effectiveness in advancing the gospel. However, Peter's going to finish this out with some, some encouragement here. As we continue in verse 10 and 11, again, NIV, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort, there we hear it again, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to reread those verses, though. I want to do it in the, in the New Living Translation. It's, again, another thought for thought. But I, I really like the emphasis that it places on verse 11. So I'm going to reread these. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. But here's really what I want you to know. This verse 11 here. Then God will give you a grand entrance. A grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Talk about being someone special. Talk about something amazing that's waiting for each and every one of us as we work through these attributes, right? Think about it for a second. Think of all the grand entrances that we do here on earth to glorify some earthly possession or some earthly accomplishment that we do. And I'm not to, trying to discredit those, but think about what we go through to do that, to put these on. Anything from 
sports athletes to uh, rock stars to Hollywood stars to even political figures. Man, we put on the best of the best. And if you look at how that is portrayed on TV or however you want, how grand that is, how much more grand is that going to be when, when we walk into heaven and everybody is so happy to know that you made a difference, that you advanced the kingdom of God, you did something special, and you sacrificed, you gave up these other things that you necessarily thought were great earthly things, but you gave that stuff up to spend a life with Christ. That's going to be something spectacular. It's for you, and for you guys back there, and for you, and for you, and for you, and you, for all of us. How great is that going to be when we get there knowing, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, right? Just like Chuck Swindoll said about parenting, it's intentional. Our faith in Christ is no different. We need to be intentional about making every effort to grow our faith in Christ. If you take anything from this, the one thing I want you to take away from today's message, this is a slow burn, okay? It's a process. It's a process that each one of us can move through differently and is unique to each one of us. Please, 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 whatever you do, please do not compare yourself to each other. Do not, please do not compare yourself and skill set or desire to learn because we're all part of the same team. We're all, we're all pulling in the same direction, right? Amen. Remember what our ultimate goal is. Make disciples of all nations, introducing them to Christ through our individual bents and strengths, Right? Let us do a better job at modeling our faith in action by making every effort to grow our faith one step at a time. Let's pray. Lord, Father, God, I just want to thank you so much, Lord. I want to thank you for how amazing you are, how thoughtful you are, how much you care about us, Lord, Father, God. I want to thank you for your design. I want to thank you for you, your son, the Holy Spirit, and everything you do for us, whether we know that or don't know that. For your agape love, Father God, and the way that you deliver it to us and continue to keep us under your wing, Lord Father God. Thank you so much for that. Father God, I am going to ask a little bit from you. I'm going to ask that you just continue to allow these your word to grow in us, Father your word to penetrate into us, for us to align ourselves with you, Father God, and, and, and continue, no matter how difficult or hard it is, that we just continue to focus on you and your kingdom, Lord. Get, us, get it off of us and onto you, Lord. I pray that you be with us and continue to shower us in blessings as we continue to look towards you, Father God. I ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.